Our call to worship this morning comes from the book of Isaiah. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of your Lord honourable, if you honour it, not going your own ways, serving your own interests or pursuing your own affairs, Then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Our first hymn this morning, King of Glory, King of Peace, I will love thee. Please stand if you can as we sing. we are going to come to God in prayer and as usual at the end of the guided prayer we join together in the Lord's prayer in whichever version whichever language feels for us most natural so let us pray together God we thank you for the gift of this new day and for all that we will share together as we meet in the name of your son Jesus We thank you for all that is different and special about Sundays for us. 
not only for the freedom to worship, but also for our own routines and rituals that make this day different from the rest of the week. We thank you that we can meet in this place which is warm, dry and clean. We thank you for the choir and musicians. We thank you for those who prepare and lead the children's work. We thank you for those who read scripture and lead our prayers. We thank you for welcome stewards, flower arrangers, biscuit buyers, money counters and magazine editors. We thank you for each other. Whoever we are and whatever our story, because in each other we glimpse your likeness and with each other we experience your love. We thank you that your love for us is not limited to a specific day, that there is nothing we can do to deserve it or to destroy it. We thank you that your care for all creation never ends, that each day your love is fresh and new. We thank you that you delight to accept our praises and our prayers, however clumsy or inadequate we feel them to be. And we join our voices together now as we pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever.
this morning, I would be really grateful if some of our people who have languages that are not English as their first language could help me out a bit, because it would be really lovely to hear the days of the week <coughs> in some different languages. Now, I know Benjamin did them beautifully for me in Farsi yesterday when I asked him, and I know George can do them in Hungarian. So that's two people that might be persuaded to come out and help us. I wonder if maybe another one or two people whose first language is, is not English would like to come and share with us the days of the week in your first language. Come on then, Jeff, thank you. At least somebody's going to do it, so I don't look totally stupid. Thank you. Which day do you want to start with? Start with whichever you start with in Welsh. <laughs> Dydd sil, dydd llun, dydd mawrth, dydd merched, dydd iau, dydd gwener, dydd sadwn. Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to have some Lithuanian. It's going to be long. Pirmadienis, antradienis, trechadienis, ketvrtadienis, penktadienis, sheshtadienis, ir sakmadienis. Thank you. George, going to come and do them for us in Hungarian? Heet fő. Ked, Szerda, Csütörtök, Péntek, Szombat, Vasárnap. Thank you. How about some Yoruba? And maybe even the real Yoruba ones, not the westernised Yoruba ones. Because <laughs> you only have to do four if you do the original Yoruba ones, don't you? Aiko, Aje, Isegu, Ojoru, Ojobo, Etsi, Abameta. Thank you. Wow, doesn't it sound interesting in other languages that aren't English? Oh, sorry. Benjamin, sorry. Are you going to do it for us in Farsi? Fantastic. Shambe, Doshambe, Seshambe, Chorshambe, Panshambe, Jome. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Wow, wasn't that good? It's really interesting to hear the days of the week. But we just say them. We don't even think much about them and what they originally meant. And I know when I was doing my research, I discovered that in Yoruba, your traditional week has four days, not seven days. And that the, the days that are used are Western equivalent days um, to, to bring you into line with, with the Western world. So apparently the original Yoruba calendar has 93 weeks of four, is it 90, 91 weeks of four days. Is that right? You don't know? <laughs> do you know, I spent ages researching that this week. Hey-ho. Um, but I do know, because I checked this one before the service, that the Hungarian name for Sunday means market day. So that's interesting, isn't it? And different languages have different meanings for the days. So what about the days of the week in English? And actually, the Welsh are very similar um, when you translate them. So Sunday is the day of the sun, Monday the day of the moon, Tuesday the day of Tew, who was a Norse god, Wednesday the day of Wodin or Odin, also a Norse god, Thursday the day of Thor, another Norse god, Friday the day of Freya, who was a Norse goddess. And Saturday is the day of Saturn. So historically, in, in our country and in many of the northern European countries, each day was set aside to a different deity. This is way back 
before Christianity was established on these islands. But every day had its own god, so every day was special. And I looked at Gaelic and I looked at Welsh, and they, they both, interestingly, have this same Norse influence on their days of the week. The only other language I can do is French. So I, I did the days of the week in French and what they mean. And they are similar but not the same. You'll see that Monday, Lundi is the moon. Mardi, Tuesday is Mars. Mercredi is Mercury. Jeudi is Jove or Jupiter. Vendredi is Venus. Samedi is Saturn. And then interestingly, Sunday, Dimanche, the day of the Lord. And in the Romance languages, they have changed the day they give to that, the name they give to that day, way, 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 way back, to say this is the Lord's Day. It was a day that they changed its name when it was Christianized. But we also have different things in different languages. Um, in, a, in quite a few Eastern European languages, Saturday is still called Sabbath, which was imported um, from an older culture. And Croatian has got the best name for Sunday, No Activity Day. <laughs> Don't you think that's a great day? No Activity Day. Interesting also when the weekend falls. We think Saturday and Sunday is totally normal. But when is it in Iran? Yeah, so it's Thursday, Friday in, in our... Yes, so because Friday is the holy day, so the weekend is two days earlier than our weekend. So all sorts of things that perhaps we don't really think about. But the idea that there are special days. And for Christians, we think of Sunday as our Sabbath, our special day, when we come together to worship God. Does anybody have any idea why it changed to Sunday from the Sabbath, the Jewish Sabbath? Why did they change to worshipping on a Sunday? Why do you think that might have been? Sorry? Yep, the resurrection, absolutely. What else happened on a Sunday? Mm. Well, don't worry about it, because the resurrection is the key one, Jenny. You're absolutely right, because Jesus rose on the seventh day, or the first day of the week in, in Jewish calendar. Um, they, the Christians started to meet together on that day, and it became established, and that was the pattern that spread. We're going to sing a song now, um, and this will give us a clue to some more of the Sundays that were significant. But Sunday is a special day. It's our gift from God. So let's sing together.
The Old Testament reading is from Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verses 12 to 15. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. For six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male or female slave, or your ox or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the resident alien in your towns, so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you, to keep the Sabbath day. And in the New Testament from Mark chapter 2, starting at verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come forward. Then he said to them, Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? to save life or to kill. But they were silent.
if you ask somebody of my age or older, you will undoubtedly hear them talk about how Sunday used to be different when they were young. My memory of Sundays as a child is that practically every single shop was closed. Just a few corner shops were allowed to sell a very limited range of goods and then for a very limited range of time. There was always almost a roast dinner and then a long walk in the afternoon. In the evening, we would watch songs of praise and the latest six-part serialisation of a novel on BBC One. Then it would be bath and hair wash ready for school the next day. Even though my parents weren't churchgoers, and even though there were many years when we did not go to Sunday school, there was still a sense that Sunday was somehow different from the rest of the week, in a way that was good and a way that was enjoyable. You got the best dinner on Sunday. It never crossed my mind to wonder why that was. Although in those days, school still had daily assemblies, and primary school we still did scripture rather than RE. So the concept of Sunday as a Christian Sabbath was something that I did understand. It wasn't until I was a lot older that I discovered that this idyllic idea of Sunday was actually a relatively recent invention. And in fact, that up until the 20th century, ordinary people had to go to work on Sundays. Shops were open. Businesses did continue. And of course, that is in part why there was this thing in Victorian times of the morning service, when the posh people went, and the evening service, when the servants and the labourers went. And there was actually a bit of a double standard in posh Victorian households, because you'd actually have had your roast dinner on the Saturday, because you didn't work on Sunday, oh no. You had a cold lunch that was be prepared for you by the servants in the morning whilst you were at church, but presumably doing a cold lunch wasn't work compared with doing a hot dinner. And then in the evening, they were allowed to go to church. Well, since Victorian times and even since the uh, later half of the 20th century, when I was a child, things have changed a lot about what Sunday is. For the most part in the United Kingdom, we are a secular society and we have pretty much 24-7 activity. The vast majority of shops are open and in Scotland for longer hours than anywhere else in the UK. And even if the shops are shut or you can't find what you want locally, well, there's always Amazon, isn't there? Other online shopping retailers are available. Going out for Sunday lunch is so normal we don't think about it. Indeed, I quite often take people from church for lunch if we want to have a discussion about something. Don't even think about it. It's just a normal thing to do. Cinemas, gyms, football matches, clubs and societies. There's endless opportunity for entertainment. The days of swings being tied up, which I never experienced, are pretty much gone apart from a few places in Northern Ireland and one or two places on on the Western Isles. For many families, Sunday now is the only day when nobody has to go to work. 
but then it gets filled up with dancing lessons or swimming lessons or standing on the edge of the football pitch and watching your child run up and down in the rain. In a sense, every single day is of equal worth and no day is special. Another change is that we are a much more diverse society than we were when I was a child. And because of the freedoms of religion, which we are rightly proud of in this country, Christianity is one faith among many. So there are Friday prayers at mosques. There is Sabbath worship in synagogues. There are Sunday churches, Sunday services in churches, and other religions will meet on other days. And of course, there are midweek services just to confuse us all. There is no longer one holy day of the week, though it is still the case that the Christian festivals of Christmas and Easter continue to be part of the secular statutory holidays, along with two days in May, one in August, and a variety of other regional ones, which gets quite confusing. We have fair days in Scotland, there are walking days in the north of England, and other things elsewhere. I think in um, Birmingham they even have a, a car workers' day. So, in another sense, actually, every day is special for somebody. So, we have this kind of every day is special and no day is special. So if that's the case, there's a really interesting question for us to ponder of what Sabbath might look like in 21st century Glasgow. As we do that, it's perhaps good to realise that from the dawn of organised religion, these kind of questions have occupied the mind of devout followers. We see a lot of this in Judaism. And the first mention of what would become the Sabbath is one we find in the first of the Genesis stories of creation. It says this, On the seventh day, God finished the work he'd done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work that he'd done in creation. So this seventh day, which is what the Bible says, it says the seventh day, it doesn't say the Sabbath day, became the Sabbath. And the origins of the word Sabbath are long lost, and there are all kinds of theories about what it means, some of which probably have more weight than others. The seven-day week that we take for granted is traced back to Babylonian times, though, as I discovered this week, not all cultures have traditionally had a seven-day week. And apparently, there is evidence to suggest that no work was done on the seventh day in Babylonian culture because it was judged to be inauspicious. It wasn't a good day to work, it wasn't a lucky day to work, so let's not work. It's possible, though it can't be proved, that the Jewish Sabbath takes this negative and turns it into a positive. So rather than saying it's an inauspicious day for working, a bad day to work, 
They say it is such an auspicious day, such a precious day, that it becomes holy to the Lord. And since the Lord rested from having completed the work of creation, then this should be a day of rest, not just for humans, but also for animals and indeed for the whole of creation. In other words, rather than a negative day of thou shalt not, it was a positive day, a day when you chose not to do something that might be productive for yourself in order to honour God. And I think that's an attractive idea to keep in mind when we feel pressurised into seven-day activity. I know sometimes we have to work on Sundays. I know some people's jobs require them to work on Sundays. Mine does. Um, But just that awareness of it could be a pressure that we feel to work when actually we can choose to step back from work to honour God. The real emergence of Sabbath practices in Judaism seemed to have begun following the exodus from Egypt, and that of itself is very significant. Whilst they were in Egypt, the people had become slaves, and slaves didn't get a day off. Slaves didn't get a rest day. There was no opportunity to take time out to pray or to reflect or to sit down as a family or go for a walk. So the newly emergent nation, as part of establishing its identity, says, right, we are going to have a day of rest for everybody. This day will be for families, for servants, for livestock. And it will become part of our rhythm, a day off when we can rest and relax when we can think about the things of God and when we can worship God together. And that sounds positive as well, doesn't it? This idea of introducing a day of rest and reflection. And certainly in the scriptures, it does seem in the early life of Israel that it wasn't a really onerous day. But following the exile in Babylon, and perhaps in response to that experience, and the apparent anger of God, they began to ratchet the requirements. They got increasingly strict. So from simple common sense principles, such as don't do on the Sabbath what you could do the day before or the day afterwards, they began to get impossible, complicated rules, which is why you get things about how many people are allowed to rescue a donkey without it constituting work or how many paces you're allowed to walk on a Sabbath. They made it complicated. They lost the sense of what it was about and became very rule-bound. By the time that Jesus was exercising his ministry, many, but not all Jews, accepted that there was a category where you could suspend the rules of the Sabbath, and that was where there was danger to life. So, for example, if a woman was in labour, a midwife could help her to give birth safely. If an animal fell into a pit, you could rescue it. But they were left with a conundrum. Was it permissible to heal a disease or a condition on the Sabbath 
that was not going to result in death there and then. After all, you could have done it yesterday. You could still do it tomorrow. And so when Jesus healed the man on the Sabbath, this question was asked. Should he have healed him? Well, had the man been going to die, then it was okay. He could have healed him. But a withered hand, was he going to die of that, that day or in the next few days? Probably not. So surely then the answer was no. But if Sabbath is about liberation from slavery, if it is about our identity as part of God's people, then the question becomes very different. This man with the withered hand is a child of God. Somehow this disability is limiting his life, is is enslaving him, if you like. And so Jesus chooses to liberate him. In the extract from Mark's Gospel we heard read, there are two examples of Jesus falling foul of the Sabbath regulations. There's the healing of the man, but before that is the account of the disciples walking through a field of ripe grain. And as they do so, they pluck the ears, and maybe they chew on them as they walk along. Seems innocent to us, doesn't it? I've certainly walked through fields and plucked an ear of corn, or I have scrumped the old apple when I've been out in the countryside. Um, scrumping, does everyone know what scrumping means? Stolen, pinched. You just see an apple on a tree, and you just, oh, that. not really mine to take, but it's not in somebody's garden, so I'm not really stealing it, am I? But in Jesus' day, to do that, not on a Sunday, not on a Sabbath, at least, not a Sunday, it was a Sabbath. So surely, if he was a devout rabbi, he wouldn't stand for it, and he would tell his, his disciples off. Well, Jesus remembered the story of King David, who did something far worse in terms of religious orthodoxy on a, Sunday, a Sabbath day. They went into the temple because they were hungry, and they found the bread that was set aside for the priests, and they ate it. And when Jesus says this, his accusers are lost for words. They don't know what to say. If the Sabbath is about life-affirming, life-restoring, life-giving, then it cannot be so legalistic to leave people hungry or thirsty or cold or lonely or excluded. The Sabbath that Jesus points towards is not about rules to be carefully followed, but rather a way of being that values all of life and all of creation. It's about renewing and refreshing, not controlling or containing. So what does that look like in our time, in a multicultural, secular nation, where the dominant narrative seems to be that every day is the same as every other day? The first thing is that the Sabbath is not just a day off. It's much more than just laying down everyday commitments. 
it has with it a sense of intentionality that you can't just do by setting aside an hour on a Sunday or indeed any other act of worship at a prescribed time. It's the opposite of this legalistic abstinence. But it's a kind of liberated engagement in rhythms and routines that energise and encourage us. Sabbath is about our refreshing, our renewing, not just about not having to go to work or not having to cook the dinner or whatever it might be. And I'd like to suggest that rather than simply being a noun, Sabbath might be a verb, or at least that it could be understood in terms of verbs, and those verbs in the present tense. Um, I would say if it was in Greek, it was probably a a continuous, uh, an active continuous verb. So Sabbath is resting and relaxing. Not just sleeping, though sleeping is good and can be part of it, and not just absence of activity, but deciding, choosing to be. We are being rather than doing. Sabbath is refreshing and restoring. So not just having a good dinner, though it could include that, and and why not? And not just activity, though that's good to go for a walk, to play sport, all those things are great. But actually allowing ourselves to discover new freshness and new energy. What we should be doing on on Sunday are things that restore us and and encourage us and energise us. Sabbath is remembering and reflecting. Not just thinking back over the week or the month that's gone. And not just thinking about how we feel, though all of those are good and important. But processing our experience in conjunction with our faith so that we can discover new insights, we can begin to make sense of things, we can begin to find the strength or the courage or the hope we need to go forward. When Jesus described himself as the Lord of the Sabbath, he declared the Sabbath to be a gift of God, from God to humans. And I think in what he says are some of the things that he has in mind for Sabbath. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst. When you do this, remember me. I'm with you always to the end of the age. Right at the start of the service, we heard some beautiful words from the prophet Isaiah that talk about delighting in Sabbath. It's not a chore. It's not a list of thou shalt nots. But it's a gift. A break from the pressure of achieving so that we can be and become. If Sabbath is in some way about our identity as God's children if it's essential to the health of all life, if it's about cultivating rhythms and rituals that refresh and restore us, then it becomes something we can weave in to the fabric of our lives. 
So we can Sabbath, we can practice Sabbath anytime and anywhere. We can have Sabbath moments in the middle of a busy week because this is God's gift to us, God's gift in which we delight. Jesus is recorded as saying that he didn't come to overthrow the law, but to bring it to completion. As Lord of the Sabbath, he frees us from the snare of legalism and enables us to live out the true spirit of the law. So actually what we need isn't a list of how to be holy. What we are encouraged to do is to find rhythms that restore and refresh us. And perhaps a renewed awareness of the moments when God might meet us anytime, anywhere. A Sabbath in miniature, if only we are able to recognise it. This idea is reflected in our next hymn. God You give us quiet moments scattered through our stress-filled days. Thank you.
Our prayers this morning are taken from the collected intercessions of author and former Baptist minister Nick Fawcett. So let us pray our prayers for others and for each other. Living God, in a world where so many search for meaning, where people feel lost and hopeless, confused about who they are, why they are here or what they should do, give guidance. Prompt and challenge through your Holy Spirit, so that all who long for answers may find in Christ an end to their seeking, their questions resolved, and their lives fulfilled. Loving God, hear our prayer for those who seek fulfilment in what fails to satisfy. Those who surround themselves with material possessions, yet are uneasily aware that all is not as it should be. Reach out to all who, for all their striving, can find no peace, and help them to find what they seek, serenity and nourishment that satisfies their inner hunger and gives meaning to all. Mighty and mysterious God, we pray for those for whom life feels like an incomplete jigsaw, frustrating, disappointing, infuriating, those who for all their striving feel unfulfilled, as if a component is missing that they cannot quite find. Draw near to them and reveal to them the elusive final piece of the puzzle, the one who satisfies their deepest yearning and answers their innermost needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. generous God, we choose to bring these gifts and money to you. 
money that can be used to share the good news of Jesus in this community and throughout the world. And as we give them, we thank you that you give us so much. Amen. Our closing hymn, Father of all, whose laws have stood as signposts for our earthly good, whose Son has come with truth and grace, your likeness shining in his face.
Our service of worship is ended. Our worship of service begins. May the Lord of the Sabbath sustain and uphold us today and every day. <laughs>